This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm a guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've I spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle please get in touch with us on our facebook page follow us like us whatever it takes we would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as i know this industry is capable of Well, good morning to all the listeners out there. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us. Um, I'm flying solo on this one because the doc uh, is off sick. He tells me he's off sick, but I think he's probably doing his normal thing. He's probably gone skiing or something and left me to do all the hard work. I said, doc, just don't sprain an ankle or damage a leg on the ski slopes. And then before we get going this morning, we've got some really interesting guests and and a fantastic initiative that I'm really passionate about. I think I'm going to take the opportunity of Flying Solar and award the Guava of the Week to the 2021 Carling Black Label Cup. Guys, seriously, if you think playing to a nil-nil draw in an empty stadium is going to get us interested in local football again, then you need to think again. Seriously, I mean, that's a festival game, nil-nil, Pirates versus Cheap. So I'm going to ask our guests here, who may or may not be football supporters, um, what they think of that before we get into the topic. So we have with us this morning Trinity Mashlame, who is the director of the Abundant Media Group, and Blake Andrew, who has been around the media industry almost as long as I have. Um, I think I might have more hair than you, Blake, uh, ironically at this stage, who's the sales director of the Abundant Media Group. You think I've been unreasonable giving the Carling Black Label Cup the guava of the week for playing nil-nil in, a, in an empty stadium. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a, a fair award to be given playing to a nil-nil draw in an empty stadium for sure. All right. Okay. Well, that's 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 the ugly bit out. Now, now to the good news, guys. Well, a little bit of background to this. Um, you know, it's been a tumultuous couple of weeks and. Obviously, many of us have been set back quite dramatically with some of the, the scenes we've seen on television. And I think on the Dr. Guru podcast, what we've tried to do is, is shift the narrative into the positive space. 
We can all see the ugly stuff, uh, but we need to know about the fix. So if I look back on the uh, the dramas of a week or two ago, it, it, to my mind, it's no coincidence that the agents of destruction sought first to silence the voice of the people. It's no coincidence that over 100 radio masts were destroyed. It's no coincidence that community radio stations were targeted for looting. But, but that's history. So what we're going to talk about today is an initiative which is aimed uh, directed at, at fixing some of the damage done to the community sector, an initiative called Project Vusilela. Um, guys, you are driving uh, the Project Vusilela or the Vusilela initiative. Give us a bit of background to, to Vusilela, how it came about. Uh, maybe let's start with you, Trinity, because I know there were a whole bunch of first responders when there was damage done to LXFM. So let's talk about which stations were damaged, what was who were the first responders, and then we'll, we'll talk about Vusilela and where it's taken us. Thank you, Mr. Gordon. Um, hey, yeah, it's not an easy one, um, but the damage was very extensive to, to an extent where some of the stations were even off air for quite some time. Uh, but coming back to answering your question, the first respondents basically were Nahana Media uh, through um, the initiative Vuselela that we've come up with to say, let's rebuild stations, let that get the conversations going. But within Nahana Media, I think uh, uh, my colleague Blake will speak more on that because I know that there's a couple of agencies under Nahana Media who came to the fore and who pledged and who actually even honored their pledge within a very rapid time. But also other players in the space were Wildenmar. Wildenmar is a, a subsidiary of a company called Tom's, the other, the other music shop. Um, they come to, to, they, they've come to the party to say, we will help out with uh, equipment, we will help out with rebuilding some of the stations and so forth. Um, we, we know that um, uh, Experience Audio Solutions, Xpass, which is an installer for Tom's also, without even having to be called. They were actually at Alex FM helping them to connect at LM Studios in, in, in Rivonia to get Alex FM back on air. Uh, they did the same for Westside FM. Um, they also uh, got in contact with us to find out if you know, there's anything that we are doing through the brand connection so that we don't duplicate on efforts. And yes, we were doing something also uh, with Mums FM and also with Ndogozo in Umland. So, um, also touching base on the question that you asked, which stations were affected? It was Alex FM, it was Mums FM, it was Westside FM and Ndogozo in Umland. And um, some of the stakeholders who came to the party, some have not yet redeemed you know their pledges for obvious reasons because you know after assessing the damages you still need to look at the plans of the station we don't want to impose you know stations must also direct us as to say we also we always wanted to do something new with our brand therefore let's not do this rather let's do that so we are we are, we are still working with the stations to get them back on air fully but they are all currently on air even if it's a temporary situation but at least they are all on air and they are broadcasting without any glitches at the moment. Just uh, to, to loop back, uh, the, the, the first media group that, that you mentioned, um, the subsidiaries, is that is that park advertising? Is that part of that group? Um, and what, so that's yeah, the holding company. Yeah. 
Yes, correct. So, so Chris Werther uh, from Park Advertising uh, contacted me on early on Friday, the sixteenth of July. Uh, you know, while this, uh, you know, while the the unrest was happening, um, and obviously in media there had been reports about community radio stations being damaged. Uh, and Chris Werther contacted me, and he started the ball in motion. He said, "Listen, we want to give back. We want to assist." Uh, these radio stations to get back on air and however else we can help them. And uh, together with Nahana Communications, Metamedia, uh, the media shop, uh, they all got involved. And that included um, paying for antenna rentals uh, for the stations, equipment, uh, property rentals, building rentals, um, and just just general assistance to to make it easier for for these community stations to get back on air, um, and they yeah they really were incredible. They've been incredible with their support. Um, and then we've had you know we've had other brands and clients direct come forward. Uh, Hungry Lion, for example, have sponsored all the food to the community radio stations. Where although they are back on air. Um, they will have like a soft launch again or relaunch or, you know, just to the communities to show how everyone has assisted them to, to get back on air. And so, yeah, there's been great donations and great help from everyone. Um, but I must commend Park Advertising for their involvement. That's fantastic. And a, and a big uh, shout out to Chris Burks and his team. And we know we've had Chris on the show before. He's a, he's a passionate you know, believer in community media. Um, Trinity, let me just toss the question back to you. I mean, why do you think, not the specific stations themselves, but community stations generally, I mean, 113 masts were taken out. But why, why do you think community stations were targeted in that fashion? Um, what, what role do they play within the community that um, the, the perpetrators of this violence might have perceived to be um, threatening to their objectives? Why would anybody bother with a community station? I, I wouldn't say they were targeted, but I'll, I'll, I'll share this. I'll share the fact that the four stations which were looted, there's a common thread. And that common thread is they are all in malls and malls were looted. Ah, so okay. in simple English, that's why actually these four stations were adversely affected by you know, the, 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 the recent unrest. But looking at the mass situation, that could be a, an isolated case where maybe Sentec and Ikasa could give us insight on that one. Yeah. I don't know, you know with, with fear of saying things that are you know, not vetted and, and, and things that have not been you know, confirmed. So, but the, the, the mere fact that all these four stations, Ndogozo in Umlazi, Mams FM is basically in Mams Mall. You know, when you look at Westside FM, it's actually in Grafiso Mall, and Alex FM was at the Avonat building. These are all commercial entities. These are entities which, you know, housed a certain point of sale brands, such as your boxer, your pick and pay, and so forth. And, and those were looted in, in, in simple English. That's basically the comment. Okay, now that's actually quite reassuring because for me, there was, a, you know, there was a sinister, what I perceived to be a sinister undertone, but the knowledge that they were targeted amongst others and more, I think, is, is marginally reassuring. Um, if indeed that can be reassuring, because I'm, I'm a bit hypersensitive about the news at the moment. Uh, I noticed with interest yesterday that uh, YouTube in Australia su suspended Sky News Australia for uh, 
disseminating inappropriate COVID-19 information. Now, I mean, I know Sky News in Australia is a bit like Fox News in, in the US. So, I mean, take what you get. You know, you deserve what you get, quite frankly, if you're prepared to listen to that kind of rubbish. But nevertheless, they have a, have a right to have a voice. And so they're off for a week, but it could be three strikes and they're out. So I, I was just wondering if there was a similar dynamic, but I think you've answered that. Uh, and it's reassuring, yeah. Can I reassure you even further? Yeah, please do. Remember, when, when the unrest started, they started basically in, in Durban, Peter Morris, to be quite honest. And if you look at the number of stations in Durban, how many of them were affected by the unrest? Only one. Mm. Only one. Anyone. Because that one was basically the one which was you know, situated where, where you know, okay. the high of the unrest were. So, you know, let's not even talk about the rest of the country. You know, out of 290-odd stations, only four were affected, and all four of them basically are where, you know, the commercial hub of these communities were. In the okay. That, so I think that, again, I am, I'm certainly very, very pleased to hear that. So that's all history. Let's let's get on the front foot now and talk, and talk about the fix. And then, and Blake, I'm going to just chat to you a little bit later on as well about some of the broader issues about, you know, community radio specifically, because that's, that's your baby. But community media generally, which... Um, I believe are massively undersupported in, the, in, in, in this country. Um, but tell us a bit more about uh, the Vusilela initiative. How can the listeners out, in, out there engage with you? Um, is it housed on your website? Is there a, a separate site? Just tell us a little bit about how we, we can see the parameters of the project and how I, as an individual, could possibly get involved, whether it's a donation or a, a skill set donation, whatever the case may be. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Gordon. Um, you know, just from a, an abundant media point of view, I think it was so important for us to create this Vusilela campaign. Uh, you, you know, we, we, we work every day with the community radio stations. They're, they're absolutely fantastic to work with. Um, you know, agile, they're they open to all different kinds of innovations. Um, and, and, and we've had 22 years of solid relationship building with these, with these radio stations. And they, we need them every day. And now they needed us during this time. And, and this is why we decided, to, as the Abundant Media Group, to give back and create this Vusilela campaign with the hashtag Keep the Talk Alive. You know, and community, communities themselves rely so much on their radio stations within their communities. And so it was important for us to, to create this, this campaign. Um, and it's gained so much momentum and so much traction. And yes, uh, if people would like to donate in, in, in any way, um, they can visit our website. The information is on our website, uh, on all our social media platforms, the Abundant Media uh, social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and then we also have a microsite for the Busilela campaign, which, uh, if I can read out now, please do. It's www.busilelanzanzi.co.za. Just give us that again, Busilela. Uh, it's .co.za. Brilliant. Okay. So I, I would just urge everybody, I think there's a lot of information there that can be unpacked. Now, 
You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. Let's take a step back. Um, I, you know, in my, I've played a little bit of a role in the Busilela thing and trying to articulate some of the issues. But the point I tried to make in, in doing that was that donations are good. That's great. Fantastic to Tom's music. You know, I mean, I think that's an outstanding contribution um, to get involved like that. But at the end of the day, it's the long-term sustainability that's the issue. And, and the best way to, to uh, uh, kind of keep talk alive or rebuild radio, however we phrase it, it is with long-term advertising. What are some of the barriers that community radio face in terms of generating uh, an appropriate share of advertising voice? Because we've done any one of a number of countless uh, analyses of, of, of the situation. And, and the bottom line is that there's, there's very poor support what's under support for community radio. So what's what big picture now going forward? How do we build on the, the, the advertising support rather than the, you know, kind of one-off Christmas present and then I'm done for the year? Gordon, yeah, that's such a great question and, and, and obviously something that we, you know, we deal with on an ongoing basis. And of course, you, you're 100% right. The, it is um, under-supported, the, the community radio space. And I think a lot has to do with, with education. You know, the, the, the communities have so much power uh, themselves. The community radio stations have so much power. Um, and, I think, and I think the players within the community media space, the media owners and themselves, uh, have more work to do in terms of educating. So educating our stakeholders um, into how they can harness the different in, um, you know, idiosyncrasies and nuances within those communities. You know, there, there's, there's so much power in those uh, granular details within communities that I don't think have been exposed to brands uh, the way they should be. And, you know, educating community stations to really to, to take ownership of those insights uh, with the help of the media owners in the media space. And then for us as well to educate uh, clients and brands and agencies as to what the power is, you know, where the power lies in community radio. And I think until that education is done on a very high level, um, you know, it, it, it will continue to battle. I'm sure Trinity would be able to add to that. Yeah, please do. Yeah, Mr. Miller, I'm going to add... By that's that's my dad. Hey, my dad's not on the show. That's, this uh, is, you can call me Papa G. You can call me all sorts of things, but not Mr. Miller. The, Gordon, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a common sense response. And here, here's, here's how it goes. You, you have brands at multinational chain store level who invest money in infrastructure, in rent, in overheads by putting their products and brands in communities such as malls, for argument's sake. And you find a media agent who doesn't understand the fact that somebody who's invested multi-million rent in that particular shopping center, mall, whatever it is, they need to get their return on investment. 
it's absolutely impossible for them to get return on investment without getting return on media investment, which means then it goes back to marketing and advertising. So if I am shop right checkers for crying in the bucket, I have a mall, uh, I've rented a space and, you know, stock that in, 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 in Alexander. And then a brand at media agency level does not see the importance of them placing media and other commercial messaging on Alex FM. They are missing a point and they're actually compromising the investment for the client. So the common sense to me says, if you, you see billboards in communities, you know, trying to speak colloquial language and, and nuanced uh, messaging, why are they doing that? It's because they want relevance and they want favor. But now media should also do the same. And within media, remember it's community radio, it's community TV, is community print and there are local influencers as well. When you go through these four uh, that I've just mentioned, you now saturate the local market. See if you don't get any market share uh, increase in that particular area. Do the numbers, you'll see the difference. The ones that stay, you know, upload in these areas are the ones that are constant on air, that are, that are doing, you know, activations, competitions on air, product placement within certain programming. They also take charge of, you know, certain messages on, on social media of these particular plus, platforms, radio, TV, print, and influencers within the community space. So that's my common sense response. And I think that's a very eloquent assessment uh, of the situation there. The difficulty, you know, wearing my kind of media buying hat in the past has been from a procurement perspective. If there's no audience, you know, I'm showing a cost on a schedule and I'm not putting an audience next to it, um, which would then brings me into conflict with procurement. You want the value. So we'll have that chat in a moment because I think uh, one of the questions I want to pose is, you know, what do you see uh, as a possible outcome? When And I know, uh, Trinity, I think you're still sitting on the board of the BRC. What's, what's the possible outcome of the new RAMS data when it, when, it, when it comes out because the methodology has changed? But, you know, just to relate a story which has always resonated with me, um, Blake, you mentioned the word agile with respect to community radio, and I've been lucky enough to judge the radio awards literally from year one. And my first comment is, having seen the, the uh, submissions this year, the word agile is phenomenal. I cannot believe how far community radio has progressed since the early submissions in uh, you know, in, in the radio awards, it, it, it was really very encouraging. The other point which always stuck with me, if I go back to the very first radio awards, um, there was a people's award. I, I kind of conflicted with mighty mags. You know, if you, you've got to sort of be very brave to uh, clash with mags on media. And because Jeremy Mags wanted to have a people's award. And I said, but that's crazy. You know, people just going to SMS in or call in and vote for their favorite station. Why don't we just print the award and give it to Causey FM? Anyway, in his wisdom, he pursued the, the case. And lo and behold, Jeremy Mags is 100% correct. And I was 100% incorrect. Because in year one, the People's Award went to a tiny station called Ubushli Bishawi, Inishawi. It had no listeners. And the question just resonated with me ever since. How is it possible that a station with inverted commas, no listeners, could so mobilize its community that they could outvote a station 
with 7 million listeners. And I think that's what we've got to bring to the attention of advertisers. There's a problem with measurement of audience, but that should never imply that there isn't an audience out there. So coming, bringing back to my question of the BRC, we've got rid of diaries for all the right reasons. We're moving into a new kind of dispensation. Part of the problem is, and if I, I just did some kind of brief runs this morning, just looking at community radio stations, of the total set of, I think, what's it, 350, something of that order, only 27 of them have got workable sample sizes, This, you know, which is a massive barrier to entry. So what, what are your hopes for the new BRC RAMs? So what, what are we hoping to get out of it that will reframe community radio? Trinity, I guess I've got to toss that one to you as a director. Um. It's not easy to speak on the BRC SA for obvious reasons. Um, we sit in the committee, but we, we are not decision makers in that space. We contribute because we've got nuances and insights about community radio and so forth. But here's what I would like to say in that particular space. I'm also going to go back to common sense. And this is my common sense. In 2020, actually 2020, 2019 and 2020, two, ShopRite checkers were the best in the county. And I can tell you which ones. One was Deep Slot. The ShopRite checkers in Deep Slot was one of the best ShopRite checkers brands ever. And the other one was in Toyango in Venda. When you look at BRCSA numbers, they tell you that um, Deep Slot FM has got 1,000 listeners. 1,000 listeners producing almost the biggest return on investment for a brand. It's a common sense analogy. You know, you look at Univan. Univan is not the biggest station in Venda, but their ShopRite Checkers has become the second biggest ShopRite Checkers in terms of uh, uh, um, dividends in that particular uh, 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 chain, chain store. Why is that? It's because brands live where the people are, which is on air. Whether the numbers, the, 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 my takeaway here and leave behind, vice versa, is that any person who will be able to listen to or watch this, uh, uh, you know, this broadcast, I would like to say to them, it is impossible for you to give what you don't have. You Literally, you can't. If you are a media buyer and you buy on local media and you've never been in these communities, you don't even know the landscape, you don't even know, you know, you know, consumer behavior, you don't know what makes them tick. How would you then be able to place an advert on that particular? As a result, you might not even place an advert because you don't believe in them, you don't even know them. You know, I mean, if you look at, let's, let's go back to Alexandra as, 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 as I finish uh, uh, my answer. Alexandra has got nothing less than 850,000 people to 1.5 million people. And if you look at the numbers on Alex FM, they'll tell you that uh, they've got 30,000 listeners. You know, it, 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 this is where we get to a, a dark moment where how do 850,000 people to 1.5 million people who queue on any message that Alex FM disseminates on air as a call to action, you find horse are full, you find tunes, you find craziness. You know, why? Because of a message was disseminated on a platform that they listen to on a daily for two reasons. One, it speaks to them at heart and doorstep level. You know, if Alex FM says there's an accident at corner four and Selborne, everybody in Alex knows where exactly that is, you know, as opposed to a national broadcaster who, you know, 
let me let me not get to that. The second one is the content that is on community radio, community TV, and print can never can never be outsurpassed by any other national media for obvious reasons. They are core competency of broadcast within the licensing uh, 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 condition is that 70, 50 to 70 percent of your content must be of, of, of local uh, 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 element, which means you can spend five hours on one story just re-angling the story, re-angling the story, but the content can never be out of fashion because it's relevant to the people who are listening to that station. Culture, tradition, language, even at nuanced and even at dialect level, you cannot outnumber, you cannot outpower the power of community media in those particular areas. Therefore, therefore relevance within community radio uh, is the biggest selling feature. And I, I'm, I'm urging now to, to our marketers and advertisers to say, don't forget about such things because those are the things that make brands you know, uh, thrive in communities. Yeah, and I think, yeah, Blake, jump in. Can I just, yeah, I just also wanted to add to that. I mean, I'm, we're hoping that the, the new DRC and the digital models that they're using and sample sizes will, you know, will hopefully give community, uh, the community media space and specifically radio, you know, more accurate um, representation of, of the listenership numbers. But, you know, if you just, Trinity kept saying common sense, um, a common sense uh, model to this is that if you look at the way that community radio stations have embraced their social media platforms over the last 24 months, and you see how they've grown and you see the number of followers on their social media platforms, you know, sometimes even, you know, outdo the, 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 the previous BRC numbers. Um, and it just shows that there's such a disparity between what's reported and what's actually happening in those communities. Um, and I think that's something that, uh, you know, marketers have to look at as well and consider. Absolutely. And I, and I think, you know, it, it's something I've, I've pursued as an angle for, for many, many years now. We're one of the few markets in the world where we just don't do any test marketing. Um, and, and the simplest thing to do is, is, is what Trinity suggested earlier. Put a brand on the shelf. Do a test market, see what the response is, and then model it backwards. So I think test marketing is a simple thing. Um, and, you know, you talked about two things there which are relevant, uh, Trinity, for me. And when I say relevant, not just anecdotally relevant, not just you saying something and me nodding my head. Yet. If you look at the World Federation of Advertisers, they're emphasizing in their latest white papers two very, very critical issues. One, cultural inclusion. It is one of the core driving initiatives, uh, driving global advertising. So this is a simple play. There's the global benchmark. There's the global best practice. How do you make cultural inclusion a reality in South Africa? Well, I guess you start from the bottom up. The second point for me, which is interesting, and the way around the, uh, the issue of, of no listeners or seemingly no listeners, again, lies in the WFA document. Project Spring. Project Spring is, is a, a World Federation of Advertising initiative to merge the interests of procurement and marketing. And what they talk about is that they're looking um, at shifting the dynamic from a cost out perspective. How much money did I save from this exchange? 
in the form of a discount or cost efficiency audience to a value in what what was the what was the value of the response I got in in terms of marketing outcomes so I think between those two documents Project Sping and the Cultural Inclusion Initiative of World Federation of Advertising very very compelling arguments to reinforce what what Trinity has been saying there but guys um, I'm going to wrap it now I'm without the docs I don't have my end banter uh, I know this is probably going to impact me uh, for future reference next time I write to ABN Bev and look for a free case of Carling Black Label, but I'm sticking to my guns. Guava of the week, nil-nil to an empty stadium. Crazy, guys. You can't turn on an audience like that. But Trinity, Blake, thanks for, for joining. And let's just, one last question and direct the listeners to the website again. Vusilele, uh, how do we spell it? And and uh, Trinity, you explain to me what it means. It's it's kind of a let's go. Vusilele, what does it mean? Um, it's pronounced Vusilele. Vusilele. Restore, to rebuild, to reignite, to revive. Right. And it's, it's spelled V-U-S-E-L-E-L-A. Mzanzi, the same way as we spell Mzanzi, all of us, uh, but for, for those who don't know how Mzanzi is spelled, it's M-Z-A-N-S-I dot C-O dot Z-A. As, as we say our babais, remember, we, 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 we are now facing, you know, that vaccine hesitancy. Let us not also have community media ad spend hesitancy because it will save your brand's life. The same as the vaccine. Done. Thank you. Love it. Thank you so much, Gordon. Um, Thanks, guys. And, and thank you for your, your support of the Vusalela campaign as well um, and, and your backing of it. We really, really do appreciate it. And it, and it goes a long way to assisting us grow this movement. We well, really guys, thanks. It. Thanks. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. And Doc, if you're listening out there, Best you bring in a, a doctor's certificate next week. I don't want to see any pictures of you skiing or swanning around the island of Mauritius. And to our listeners out there, once again, thanks for joining us. We really do appreciate your support. And please, please, please engage with Abundant Media and the Wasilela project. It's, it's really, really critical at this point in our time that we start to rebuild radio by rethinking radio. Thanks for your time. Ciao for now. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Muller, the Guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.